Hey folks, JR, back for another episode of Echoes of Shannon Street Case File. It's going to be episode 59, Outside Scene Description. Okay folks, let's get into this scene description of the outside. These are very important. This is the investigator recording everything he sees and putting it to paper. It should be so good that you, the reader, should be able to follow along on the scene description and visualize everything that's there. In fact, be able to go to that that location and know what's supposed to be where. So let's see. Uh, let's see what they've got. Okay, folks. I fib. Before we get into scene description, I found. Uh, couple of items in my notebooks that I didn't put in earlier episodes and I should have. What you're seeing here is the copy of the call taker's card that he fills out. He fills his card out and he sends it to the dispatcher. This one right here is the one that was done for 544 Peyton. This was the call to the Kroger store that started the chain of events as you can see the see the address 544 Peyton you see the times call came in at 826 dispatched at 830 p.m. 839 scene time they're on the, at the Kroger's lot for two minutes change their location over on 7th street 14 minutes at 7th street and then they head back to Kroger's, finish the report, and clear the scene. See here the tickets, as they're called. That top one is the one for 2239 Shannon. That's the one the call taker filled out when he was talking to Michael Coleman. In fact, you see Michael Coleman's name down there on the bottom right. says Mel Black Coleman. Got the address, time the call was received, and Scene time. Then that bottom one, that's the ticket they filled out when Ray Swill was calling for help. It shows all the cars that made the scene. You see the remarks, 128 help. Memphis Police Department, supplemental offense report. Date, January 17, 1983. Criminal homicide, year 83, month 01, date 13, number 2672. Folks, what that is, that's just the report number that they're working under. Victim Robert Hester. Tuesday, January 11, 1983 at 9.55 p.m., Sergeant L.W. Hunt was contacted at home by telephone by Assistant Violent Crimes Commander Lieutenant R.K. Wilson and instructed to meet him at the scene of a shooting where a police officer had been struck and his partner currently being held hostage. Upon arrival at 10.25 p.m., the rider was met by Lieutenant Wilson and Captain D.O. Lewis and instructed to report to the tactical Tactical Squad command post at 2247 Shannon to monitor the police radio and negotiations between Sergeant Walter Cruz 
and a male black later identified as Linwood Sanders. Close enough, I guess, to Lindbergh. These negotiations continued throughout the night, and at 11 a.m., Wednesday, January 12, 1983, Sergeant Hunt was instructed to go home and to return this same evening at 7 p.m. Upon returning at 6.45 p.m. on Wednesday, January 12, 1983, the writer was once again instructed by Lieutenant Wilson to continue monitoring the negotiations between members of the Memphis Police Department negotiation team and the persons holding Officer R.S. Hester hostage at the residence at 2239 Shannon. At approximately 3.05 a.m. Thursday, January 13, 1983, the Memphis Police Department tactical squad was given the command to assault the residence at 2239 Shannon. At the completion of this assault at approximately 3.55 a.m., the writer, along with Sergeant F.J. Wheeler, met with Lieutenant Wilson in the street in front of 2239 Shannon, which had already been roped off and the scene secured by members of the tactical squad. The following will be a description of the outside scene at 2239 Shannon, described by Sergeants F.J. Wheeler and L.W. Hunt on Thursday, November 1983 at 4.21 a.m. at the instruction of Lieutenant R.K. Wilson of the Violent Crime Squad. The outside scene will be photographed and processed and evidence collected by the crime scene unit, manned by Officer T.H. Harrison and Sergeant R.R. Clinney. The scene beginning in the middle of the street on Shannon, looking southward, directly in front of 2239 Shannon. The house is a one-story white asbestos shingle-covered single-family dwelling with a light gray-colored roof, black ornamental iron front storm door, and has six wrought iron chairs on the front porch all upright. The three ornamental iron chairs on the northeast portion of the patio porch have a black ornamental iron table in front of them and a piece of ornamental iron which appears to have been a flower box is laying north-northwesterly across the north edge of the patio. The front porch is of two levels the higher level being approximately a foot from the ground, is approximately 5 feet running north and south and 10 to 12 feet running east to west and appears to be of man-made broken tile. The second portion of this front porch, approximately 2 inches in height, runs just eastward off the previously described section of the porch and would measure probably 8 feet running north and south and 9 to 10 feet running east and west. On the lower portion of the porch is a copper-colored ashtray, which looked to have been a flower pot, that has a chrome-colored piece of metal around it, which appears to be a headlight trim ring. Approximately 3 feet from the north edge of the lower portion of the front porch is a gas-type front porch light, 
on a six-foot pole and the gas light is not operating at the time of this report. On the higher portion of the front porch, on the eastern edge of it, and one foot from the northern edge is a live ammunition round, which appears to be a 38 caliber with a copper jacket. Just directly west of that, approximately one foot, is a black cassette tape, which has Michael's recording written on it in blue and handwritten in red ink is People's Frago Funk. Directly north of that tape is another that appears to be a 38 caliber ammunition live round with a copper jacket. Moving west across the porch, several spots of blood which are heavily concentrated. Directly in front of the door and then moving westward on across the porch, a large amount of broken glass which appears to have been in a window on the northwest corner of the house. On the porch, also in parts of the aluminum frame of this window on the northwest corner of the house, and a black ornamental iron piece of material which appears to have been a decorative trim off the window of this house on the northwest corner. Moving e even further westward across the front of the house is a green City of Memphis-style trash canister with wheels and a wooden handle leaf rake with a blue head to it, also standing with the prongs down and the end of the handle on the ground right at the northwest corner of this house. should be noted that all the windows on the front of the house are of aluminum frame storm glass windows. The extreme east corner of that would be two windows, one of which has two panes of broken glass, correction, glass broken out of it. The window just to the west of that has a small portion of the lower pane of the window glass broken out, and directly east of this window is what appears to be four bullet holes of large size. Moving back westward across the front of the house, there are numbers that read 2239. Directly east of the door, approximately a foot away from the door, with what appears to be a large caliber bullet hole, 18 to 20 inches below the words that read 2239, approximately four feet from the ground. Moving further westward across the front of the house is an ornamental black iron figure which appears to be a woman, and then west of that about one foot was a black metal mailbox, and directly south of the mailbox underneath it is a doorbell button. Moving on westward across the front of the house, the window on the northwest corner, the two windows on the northwest corner, which are side by side, have numerous panes of glass broken out of them, which would account for the glass debris on the higher portion of the porch. Starting again at the west side of the house on the northwest corner, Moving back across the yard, there is what looks to be a sheet, which is white in color, and is a fitted-style sheet with green and blue butterflies and flowers, print design on it. This sheet is laying about six inches from the north edge of the porch, approximately three feet from the western edge. 
Moving eastward across the front porch is a third live round of ammunition, which appears to be a 38 caliber and also has a copper jacket, which is laying on the lower portion of the porch where it joins the higher portion. And directly northeast from that piece of ammunition is a second piece of ammunition of the exact same description. Approximately two and a half feet northwest from this last piece of ammunition is another live round of 38 caliber copper jacketed ammunition. And two or three inches to the west of that ammunition is a Motorola style handheld walkie-talkie which appears to be a Memphis Police Department issue type radio that has a black piece of tape on the front of it that reads number 49 and written in yellow paint is the number 49A Alpha. Approximately 16 inches northeast from the radio is another 38 caliber live round of ammunition, which appears to be a copper jacket type ammunition, but is pushed down into the ground and is not easily detected. Running directly north from the front door, north and south, is a approximately three foot wide sidewalk that extends from the front porch to the public sidewalk. And at the north end of this sidewalk is a black over maroon two-door Buick Regal, which has standard Buick chrome type mag wheels and is bearing Tennessee license Echo November Victor 520. Should be noted that this vehicle has two flat tires, both being on the left side of the car on the driver's side. Moving southeasterly from this vehicle is a second vehicle parked in the driveway that runs north and south right at the northeast corner of the residence at 2239 Shannon. This vehicle is a black Ford Super van bearing the Tennessee Temporary License Quebec Oscar 586 Oscar 566 Papa which is issued to Leroy Davis Jr. of 2243 Shannon, Memphis, Tennessee on a Ford van and the license indicates the VIN number Echo 1564 Tango 84570 the license having been issued on January 6, 1983 by Unlegible Auto Sales Company at 3511 Bayless. The van is dirty in appearance and had appeared to be one more hold of a large caliber to the right door of the front. I'm assuming that's a hole. This hole is at the left lower edge of the window glass directly ab above the handle on the door. There's a second mark atop this bullet hole which appears to have been where a bullet might have hit and knocked the paint and made a dent but did not penetrate the metal. The van also has broken windshield glass and flat tires on the left front and left rear and on the right rear. In describing the west side of the house, which is also white asbestos shingle, it has three windows, all of which have broken window panes, and it should be noted 
there are large amount of glass directly below each window on the ground. This appears to be the driveway of this residence and runs north and south and is attached to the west edge of the house. The driveway runs from a black American wire fence northward all the way to the public street. Both of the windows on the northern side of the west side of the house have white painted ornamental awning hanging from them. And directly north of the northernmost window should be noted that several pieces of the asbestos shingle have been knocked off, but they are not on the ground below this damage. Moving from the northwest corner southward walking down the driveway is a late model two-door silver gray continental which is parked in the driveway facing north and does not have any license plates. At the southwest wall is a standard white wooden door that has a brass and I can't read that last part. Alright folks that's going to do it for this episode. We'll get back together in a few days and we'll finish up the outside scene description and then start on the inside when, as you can see, there's a lot of work, a lot of detail that goes into the scene description. I first came on in 1997, still did it that way. I got taught by the old police how to, how to do it the right way. I don't even know now if they do that. They may just videotape everything. Anyways, folks, I do appreciate y'all hanging out with me and going through it. Folks, as always, I'll see you down the road.